2: For Alistair Overeem And I felt weakness I followed up with ground and pound The next fight could be around the corner Alistair Overeem, ladies and gentlemen
3: And the tap is there He gets it from the mount
4: Stroop with another submission win UFC knows exactly who I want They're not going to give it to me I'm just going to keep taking down every girl in the top five Until they give it to me
0: Caitlin Shikagi, ladies and gentlemen
5: Welcome to UFC Unfiltered I'm lonely. I'm lonely. You don't realize how much you miss your friend until your friend is not here. My pal, my co-host, Matt Serra, is gallivanting. He's off in Florida with his wife and uh, three daughters, his lovely family, gallivanting. I'm stuck up here in this shit cold, broadcasting by myself while Matt is zipping around On a golf cart, going on rides and eating and having fun. We have uh, we always try to get somebody in to sub for one of us when we're out. We both travel, and uh, you know, again, it's 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 hard because people are busy. Robbie Fox uh, apparently, whatever's going on in his life where he has to be away is more important than Jim Norton. Uh Dan Soder, a good comedian buddy of mine, is in Los Angeles promoting his HBO special. He's unavailable. I told him, look, fuck the special, fuck the promotion, come in and help me. But he was unable. Robert Kelly, another comedian, uh unavailable. Uh Aljamain Sterling, unavailable. I imagine he's training. I don't like to think for him. Uriah Hall uh has the nerve to be in Texas when I call. You know, uh Uriah Hall, friend of the show. Uh, The least you could do is schedule your personal life around when we might need you. So he's in Texas. He might even be training. I'm not sure what he's doing. So it's just me. But the good news is this. For those of you that hate my guts, don't tune out. Uh, Caitlin Shukagan is going to come in. Uh, She's been given a date on the uh, Valentina Shevchenko Flyweight Championship, which we're very, very happy for Caitlin. Uh, Because, you know, it's always nice to see people you like. And we genuinely like her so much. Um, so I'm happy for her. And on the phone today, on Skype, we have a guy who's one of my favorite fighters. Um, he's been around forever. Uh, Alistair Overeem will be on. He's our first guest. We also have Stefan Struve, who who was uh, had retired or talked about retiring. And I'm going to ask him if that was just a negotiation tactic. And he was hard to get. But we have the great Matt Serra. Former welterweight champion Matt Serra will be on Skype with us in a little while. Now, I guess a couple of things to talk about before we get these guys on the phone. You can try I think they're trying Alistair now. And by the way, I might take off my sweatshirt cuz once again it's 75 degrees in here. I I don't know who runs the temperature. Like I think that thing on the wall is like an illusion. It's not it's not a real thing. It's a fuck. It's like when you're in the desert you think you see water. That's what it's like here. You think you see something to lower the temperature and it doesn't exist. It sucks in here. It's really really hot. So is there a way to turn the temperature down? Just a bit. It doesn't have to be freezing. I'm sure you did adjust it, Bob. It's probably not your fault. But it just seems like this doesn't work. So now normally where Matt would be talking, poor Matt, he better get surgery. It's like, Matt, you're Dana's best friend. Talk to him. He's got doctors. Should sure they be happy to help Matt Sarah? Uh, but obviously, uh, Alistair, uh, Overeem and Stefan Struver both go, what a fucking card is coming up this weekend. You know. Obviously, Walt Harris. Poor Walt Harris uh, has had such a, a terrible bit of news with his his daughter passing away. So um, he he dropped out of the fight to take care of his family, of course. Uh, so uh, uh, Alistair is fighting. I want to make sure I say his name right. It's not an easy name to say. Uh, Uh, Jarzino Rosenstrike. I'm hoping I get his first name right. If I don't, uh, forgive me. I don't feel that bad because half the times the fucking fighters don't know how to say each other's names, which I always love when I'm interviewing somebody and they say the name wrong. I'm like, I don't feel so bad. But Rosenstrike is undefeated. I think he's 8-0 or 9-0. He's won a couple of uh, very, very uh, decisive fights against Crowder and Arlovsky. But, uh, you know, Overeem has fought everybody. There's no one who's a heavyweight that Alistair Overeem hasn't fought uh, he's beaten Mark Hunt twice. He's beaten Fabrizio Verdum twice. Um, you know, he's been around for a long time. So this is the classic case of the veteran against the up-and-coming fighter. And sometimes the up-and-coming fighter, Frankie Edgar has to hear this from me every time he fights because he's a veteran. He figures out how to beat guys like Yair Rodriguez. But then again, not, not that Brian Ortega is a young fighter, compared, but compared to Frankie he is. And then he knocks him out in the first round. So I always like these kind of matchups because I like to see what a guy who's been around for 20 years does against a guy who has less experience and has fought less experienced fighters than Overeem. Because there's nothing you can do to Alistair Overeem that he hasn't seen before. Same with Stefan Struve, Even though he's uh, 31 years old, and by the way, I think he's lying about his age, because there's no way he's been fighting for this many years and, and had this many great fights, and he's only 31. But I think he started fighting when he was 17. So I just kind of answered my own conspiracy question. That's why nobody likes me. Because I raise a subject and I just answer it. And it's boring. I could have built up some tension. If Matt was here, he wouldn't let me get away with that. Right now, he'd be like, The Mandalorian! We're talking about some (laughs) fucking crazy... By the way, when Matt comes in, I'm going to scream at Matt Sarah. I could do it actually on Skype. Baby Yoda, I was right. It's a toy. They're already selling it as a pre-sold toy. And by the way, there's a part of me that's chilly right now. I know I should be shot. Don't, just ignore me. I'm an old woman. I'm a little chilly. I was warm and now I'm chilly. Put a sweater on. I'm a grandmother. I really am my grandmother without the shitty charm bracelet. Uh, We talked about, I think, I know I talked about it on the Jim and Sam show that I do. I don't know if I talked about it with Matt where it's this whole thing of I'm, I'm bitching about baby Yoda and people think I'm doing it to be contrarian or just to be different guy, but I'm really not. It annoys me. Stupid child's toy with the fucking dumb ears. I hate it. I don't hate all Star Wars. I I don't hate Darth Vader. I don't hate Han Solo or Princess Leia. Even Chewbacca, which when you look back on it, it's kind of stupid. You know, it's a Wookiee. He's probably got shit stuck to his fur. But you don't think of that when you're watching the actual movie. I like a lot of the Star Wars universe. I enjoy it. I have fun. uh, But I hate the Ewoks. And there's a rumor they're bringing them back. Jar Jar, all that crap that makes it a child's toy selling operation. I'm not saying you shouldn't market. You know, I do a character named Chip Chipperson. I'm a prostitute with Chip Chipperson. I tap dance and sell things. Okay, I'm not saying don't make money. You're George Lucas, you want to make money. But I just like that Darth Vader is being sold. I I I didn't mind C-3PO and that weird kind of homoerotic relationship with the droid. Nobody knows what was going on there. It was just kind of bizarre that they had this this, this lovers understanding. But then again, C three PO is you know what? There goes my there goes my uh, my male privilege. I don't know what gender C three PO was. It was never determined, or or R two sorry R two. But then again, maybe C three PO did say he. I think he did refer to C three PO uh, R two D two as a, as a he. By the way, Star Wars fans want to murder me right now because I'm mixing up C three PO and and fucking R two D two. Good. Fucking good. I'm glad I'm mixing them up. There's still hope for me. Uh, um, Tony uh, Ferguson, who I don't think I've ever interviewed. The one day he was going to come on, he didn't come on. Um, and I pranked Matt and pretended I was Tony. And it really, uh, Matt really almost had a meltdown. But he held on for a, a little while. And uh, you didn't even start the, the show clock. Oh, yeah, I'm just curious. I'd just like to know where I'm at. You got to rule with an iron fist around here. It's not that, you know, again, they know how long we're talking, but I just like to see it so I have an idea of where we are, especially if I'm doing an interview. Like, if we have a guy for 15 minutes, I like to know, am I on two minutes or 13 minutes? Why am I raising my hands like this? I'm alone in the room. Now, Tony Ferguson, now obviously, I think I've said this before, but Connor against Cowboy is a great fight. I'm really happy, especially for Cowboy. I kind of wanted to see Justin Gaethje, just because I think that's such an interesting matchup. With Connor's ability to, to throw kicks and that uh, booming uh, left and, and Gaethje's uh, leg kicking. I would love to see how Connor handles that uh, since we did not get to see it with Jose Aldo. You know, because I thought that would be the interesting matchup. Uh, Jose Aldo against Connor, I thought it was going to be great because of Jose's ability to kick your legs almost off, even though he's gotten away from that. But after Connor knocked him out in 12 seconds, it wasn't a big chance for Aldo to get his legs kicked, uh, leg kicks off. So I kind of wanted to see that with Justin Gaethje. But I'm really happy for Cowboy. And I think that's a great fight. And people are sleeping on fucking Cowboy, man. People think that Connor's just going to come in and knock him out. <sighs> I, I, I might take Cowboy in that fight. I might take Cowboy in that fight. I mean, uh, he has the ability to strangle you on the floor. And he's a really smart fighter. He's another, Again, Conor's a veteran as well. But nothing has been thrown at Cowboy that he hasn't seen yet. And if anything, Conor has proved that his Achilles heel is uh, being on the floor. You know, uh, I mean, he did better than I thought he would do against Habibi. He was able to hold out till the fourth. Um, you know, but it's just not his not his strongest point. Whereas uh, Cowboy is a black belt in jujitsu. And, um, you know, I, I think that uh, Conor will have a rough night if they wind up on the floor. I have to put my old lady glasses on now. Uh, my friend's company does these, by the way. Uh, they're called bunny eyes. And look, they tilt down. I never use that feature, but I like that if I want to look over at you sternly, I can always tilt it back up. And people always think my glasses are broken. It's how I meet women on the train. I'll go like this. Hey, where are you from? Ah, don't worry. They're not broken. And you go, oh, God, you had me. All right. Uh, the UFC has not officially announced uh, Tony Khabib yet, I don't think. Tony says... Uh, uh, booking progress puts uh, fans through the freaking ringer. Yeah, it does, Tony, obviously. He wants to fight in February instead of April. The reported date. I'd prefer that as well. Uh, <laughs> how does anybody not enjoy Tony Ferguson? He said he wants to make be piss blood. Like, do you know what a visceral thing that is? I don't want to beat his ass. I don't want to knock him out. I want to pummel his innards until he urinates blood. That's a very specific goal for him to have. Um, He hopes to go face-to-face before the year is out, suggesting December 13th. Yeah, I guess he wants to have like that face-off that they have um, right before 245 I guess. Wherever they do it. I don't really care about the face-offs. I like to see it because to me it cements in that the fight is going to happen. But he says that uh, he wants to reinforce the psychological advantage. He has over numbering out Does he have one? I don't know. I mean, uh, Connor got into Khabib's head in a way, but it wound up, uh, you know, costing Connor greatly. Because one thing Habib doesn't seem to do, and it's still so hard not to say Khabib, that K just jumps out at you. A silent K is a rough sell. It's a hard thing to make your mind know. I knew I had to start saying Habib when Dana did it, because Dana just blurted out Khabib. He didn't care. But when he took off the K, I'm like, fuck, when the boss is saying it right, now I have to say it right. But that's a tough thing for my mind to get. It's like Alistair Overeem. I've been a fan of Alistair Overeem for many years. And in my mind, there's still times where I want to go Alexander Overeem. It's just the way my mind works. It's wrong. All right, we're coming back in. Do we have uh... Oh, Caitlin's here. Oh, cool. Hey. Welcome, Caitlin Kagan. Thank you for coming. Here, sit right there. I've started. I'm just talking. It's just me talking. We don't have Alistair yet. We weren't sure when you'd come in. Yeah. So I just started yapping. Yeah. Oh, you went to the freight entrance. Yeah. yeah, it looks like the freight entrance here looks like in Goodfellas when De Niro tries to send Karen for dresses. Hey, go down there. And she's like, right here. He goes, no, no, go down there. She goes, all right, I'll get him later, Jimmy. Because, you know, she thinks she's going to be murdered. That's what the freight entrance here looks like.
4: Yeah, I was like, is it a shady entrance? He's like, don't think so. Glass doors? I was like, wrong spot. But I'm happy that even
5: uh, a killer like Caitlin Kagan worries about that. Because I feel like I panic about stuff like that. So even a, a fighter panicking makes me kind of happy. I don't feel as bad to... Uh, Do you still worry when you walk down a dark alley? Do you still have those concerns? Like, all right, this might be a a mugger here.
4: Yeah, it's Penn Station every day. You do? (laughs) Yeah, Penn Station. I'm like, oh my God, these people are insane. That's the the craziest place on earth. Penn Station. Yeah. Now, as a woman, have you had to,
5: in real life, because, you know, guys are creeps, or guys will make eye contact more than they should. Have you had that where you've had to shut it down? Not at all. No? I've
4: never had to, like, I'm the least confrontational person, and I've never really been in a situation, I guess it's one of those things where, like all right, I don't want to use like, you know, if I need to, I can do it, but I don't want to, but I'm kind of like, all right, I've been training my whole life for, for that. Yeah. And then it
5: doesn't happen. So I was looking, I was, I was reading about and Alistair Oberyn was our first interview, uh, and in 2010 or 2009, he was in a club with his brother, and there was some kind of a confrontation, some some minor incident, and uh, the bouncers got involved. And it was funny at the end of the story, they say six bouncers had to be rushed to the hospital. Oh and it's my! Like, God. What in what in your mind? What makes you look at a guy like Alistair Overeem and think and, I can fuck with this guy? Yeah,
4: because you know, like you know that you can't. So why do you? you I don't understand. You even know? bouncers
5: are big, but even Hensel had a problem with bouncers. Sometimes they're so arrogant and they're yeah. so used to being dicks to people. Yeah. Yeah,
4: and the thing is, they have like you know five or six other guys with them, That's and right. they know the area. They have like their own little system. I used to uh, bartend at a club in Hoboken for a couple of years, and. um you know but it was funny there I was, all the bouncers trained at Henzo's it was like all jiu-jitsu. oh they so it was the opposite there it was all really tiny bouncers <laughs> cause like you know what I mean everywhere else it's like huge big bouncers there was all like you know small guys but so people probably were like what are these bouncers they didn't even look like bouncers they kind of like hid you know right. cause people didn't suspect them but uh, if anything jumped off uh, you know there was a lot it was a lot calmer there was a lot more rear naked chokes and then just put someone to sleep sure it's a lot better punching than them. The punching yeah well Matt pointed that that we, met. we have Alistair? Yep.
5: Oh, okay, great. We'll talk to Alistair Overeem. Headlining uh, against, uh, uh, I, I, we got to make sure, uh, uh, Jorzino Rosenstrike. I want to make sure I can say his name. That's a hard name to say. I'm not good at talking. With Alistair, names. how are you, sir? Oh, you froze a little bit. Right now, that, I don't know if you can hear me, Alistair. Right now, there's a screen grab of you, and, you, and you're looking very angry, but I know that it's probably just the, <laughs> the thing is frozen. Hang up on him gently. Oh, island. he's back. Okay, cool. Can you see us now?
2: I can uh, see you all the
4: time.
5: Oh, oh, okay, good. I'm glad I didn't say anything stupid. <laughs> He's like, uh, stop talking. <laughs> we have uh, no, we couldn't see you because you just kept uh, freezing. So uh, it's good to talk to you again. You're fighting. I want to make sure I'm saying his name right. Jarzino uh, is how you say his name. Rosenstrike.
2: Yeah.
5: How did he come? Because we all know Walt Harris had such a, a horrible thing happen and, and had to step away. What? Uh, how did Rosenstrike become the opponent? Was it somebody you had bounced around?
2: Well, no, uh, actually, um, he had a great performance with Wander Oloski. Yeah. And then two, even better, uh, well, even better, two other good performances against um, two previous good performances. So, he, you know, he's on a free ride winning streak. He's on a record uh, KO with uh, a former champion on Orlowski. So I think he, you know, he just performed well, and that's how he got in the picture with the UFC to be the replacement.
5: Yeah, Alan Crowder was the fight right before. But the, yeah. the thing about a guy like you is, I mean, there's, you've been around for so many years and you've fought and lost to great fighters and you've beat so many great fighters, beating Verdum and Hunt twice each. Like there's nothing somebody can throw at you that you haven't dealt with. Uh, how do you think being an 8-0 or 9-0 and young guy coming up to a main event, kind of uh, not expecting to, how do you think that affects him?
2: Well, I definitely uh, think he uh, doesn't know what he's in for. But then again, you know, these are the matchups that are also, for him, a great opportunity, right? He just comes, comes off of a big uh, victory on Erlowski, former UFC champ. His uh, his uh, confidence will be soaring, will be really high. I think uh, for him, this is a chance to uh, cement himself. Uh, he's going to be, you know, he's ready, he's fit. Uh, so why not? These... Especially the, the, the fights that is uh, could potentially be dangerous uh, to me, if I would take him lightly. But I don't know, I've, I've really been focused on myself. My camp has been great. Uh, team Elevation, they're doing a great job getting me ready, getting me up there. The camp was long because I expected to fight sooner. So I don't know, I'm in a great shape. Uh, I can't wait to show you guys that. And. Um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a great evening Saturday. Well, Elevation, uh am I correct when
5: I say that you would you got you went there It was after the Curtis Blades loss is that when you went to Elevation and and you've been 2 and 0 since correct. then? Uh, you've yeah, looked, really, yeah, looked really
2: great. Yeah, look really great, reinvigorated, um, you know, new planning, new style, new everything, new weapons. So it's been a great uh, choice for me to go there. Is that kind of what happens sometimes when you switch camps like that? Like
5: it just kind of shakes you out of whatever place you were in mentally and it just kind of refocuses you?
2: Well, you're changing for a reason, right? Uh, For me, I just didn't feel the growth anymore. And uh, it's crucial for an athlete, for a fighter to have that. You need to have the chemistry, you need to have the growth. So when it's missing, uh, yeah, you're either going to switch or you're going to quit or you're going to keep doing what you're doing, which in my case was not leading to victory after uh, suffering two losses. So so we were forced to make the change. Uh, It felt good to make the change immediately. And uh, now we're two fights up. And
5: you are, uh, I mean, you're still number six in the division. So you're still very, very close to getting a title shot, if you want. Like, you're still very much in the picture. Um, do you think, like, the guys like Cormier, who's 40 years old, he's going to be 41, still fighting, does that kind of give you, like, hey, I know I have a couple of really solid years left. I could probably get back to a championship fight.
2: I uh, definitely realize that, but I also believe it. I believe, you know, we're on the right path. Um, I was going to start making noise after the World Harris win. I'm very unfortunate that he had to kind of withdraw. Very understandable, too, right? Yeah. The tragedy that happened. Uh, but I understand I'm close. Uh, I also understand that after I beat the like, we're not going to be there yet. Probably we have to fight and beat another guy to get the title. But uh, that's what we're here for. And when you come in, I want to say this is his, I believe this is
5: his first main event. And again, you've done this so many times. What is the difference when you jump up from doing those three-round fights to a five-round main event? What is the difference in preparation and also in the press you have to do and the pressure now being on you as the focus of the night?
2: Well, you have to kind of be clever, but the other thing is, um, you know, let's not forget, it's a 40% increase in load. Um, You know, actually it's more. It's like, uh, what is it, 80%? 80% increase in load. But he, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think he... He's capable of fighting five rounds, because it takes time, right? But yeah. I also think that uh, my opponent is not planning to fight five rounds. When you look at his previous fights, he finished it out in the first and the second. So I don't think he's um, he's um, gonna be uh, planning to go. I mean, yeah, very explosive guy. So it's, it's all good to me. It's all good. We're very we're well prepared. We're prepared for five rounds. We're prepared to finish it in the first second. So we're just going to have to see where the fight goes. But we're we're more than ready for everything that uh, anything that can happen. Well, I, I watched your Olenek
5: fight recently. And one of the things about being a veteran that's just so much fun to watch is there's a moment where he is getting up and you're going to throw a head kick. And I, I can see you waiting for his hands to get up off the ground. Like you see, Greg Hardy will make a crazy mistake when he's uh, in, in, a, in a moment because he's a newer fighter. But that to me is the advantage of being a veteran is those little moments like you waited for his hands to come up before you throw that head
2: strike so you're not disqualified. Exactly. Well, I mean, you got to be clever too, right? You in do, life, but not even, not even only in fighting, but in life, you got to be a little bit clever.
5: You have to, but a lot of guys make those mistakes in those big moments. And all in it, it seemed like he had you up against the uh, the fence quite a bit. Um, and were you unable to get off? Was he hurting you, or were you literally just trying to grab his uh, neck for a, a knee strike?
2: <clears throat> no, I was just chilling there. Um, it's something that the coaches definitely didn't like. So they were like, "You need Shit, to get man. out of there." <laughs> We've been working on it, but I was just, I was just, uh, you know, having having a coffee and a cookie <laughs>
5: <laughs> alright so you weren't in yeah. any kind of danger
2: no not really not really there was there was you know it, it, it looked bad but at the same time it didn't to me it was not, nothing going on we uh, have to not forget I've been, ha- been having a lot of kickboxing fights and um, yeah I mean that happens all the time
5: right it's all good and this fight reminds me, and again, he's a different opponent. But Pavlovich, when you fought him, I believe was thirteen and zero at the time. Uh, he was a very, very respected and highly touted fighter. Um, but again, you he hadn't fought the the level of people you fought. He hasn't seen the competition, uh, and it didn't seem to matter to you that he was undefeated at all. So I, I think these guys realize what they're doing now in UFC when they have to face the top ten guys in the in the heavyweight division.
2: Yeah, there's a there's a difference, you know top five guys the champion there's a difference there and uh, that's something that i'm going to show what do
5: you do when you're in dc like are you a guy who stays in the room or do you go out and do you enjoy yourself when you're there
2: no i don't do too much um i might want to just wander around a little bit some buildings but not too not too much i like to stay focused hold on to my energy um you know we'll be doing the media we'll be doing some workouts keep the body loose but nothing too crazy.
5: Do you stay later? Some guys will stay and actually after the fight go, or do you just want to get out as soon as you're done?
2: Well, if it was be, if it was going to be 90 or 100 degrees <laughs> and beach and, uh, you know, nature, then I would, but, Right now, I'm like, nah, you know what? I'd rather fly back home to uh, see my kids, see my family.
5: Well, I'm looking forward to this fight. Uh, this is a great matchup. He's an exciting uh, prospect fighter, too. I mean, he's won some some incredibly impressive fights. So when Walt, unfortunately, had to drop out, I was really, really happy that they put him in. And he's coming off a one-round fight. So uh, do you think it's a little bit easier? Somebody has raised for heavyweights to fight a little bit sooner only because they don't have the weight cut to worry about?
2: Um. Yeah, definitely. You know, the weight cut takes a lot out of you, so as a heavyweight you don't have to do that, so his shape is going to be good, he probably uh, had to build on that a little bit, right, because it's five rounds, so yeah, he, he's going to have had his own challenges. To me, I already knew it was going to be five rounds, so I've already been preparing for, actually never stopped, right, after the last fight was also five rounds,
5: so we just keep it going. Are you surprised at all the guys bouncing around in weight now? It, it seems like there's so many guys, whether they're going down to, uh, to, to bantamweight or they're coming up to, to, to heavyweight or like uh, a Jared Cannon here all over the place. Are you surprised that guys aren't staying in their weight class for a longer period of time?
2: Um, well, you know, everybody's uh, path is different. Uh, I do like the fact that people are bouncing around because it just creates a lot of interesting matchups. And uh, to me, it's 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 all good, you know. I know where my own weight is at. I'm keeping an eye on my uh, potential opponents, and uh, yeah, that's that's just me.
5: Well, look, good luck on Saturday, man. It's December the seventh, Capital One Arena. I'm not even sure if it's sold out. If it's not, you should absolutely get tickets. The entire card is great. Uh Rodriguez Calvillo as the said the Calvillo is the uh, uh, Calvillo is the, uh, the co-main. There's some really really great. Uh, fights on this car it starts off with Rob Funt against uh, Ricky Simone so I'm looking forward to seeing you fight man and uh, you're one of my favorite guys to watch alright cool alright good Peace. luck on Saturday take care man we yep. good. Ciao.
0: the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble
5: yeah we had Rob Font on the other day and uh, he's just another guy who's just fun to watch you could have jumped in and asked questions yeah, if you well like. you were like Sorry. You
1: were, I was like oh, I apologize okay. you know
5: what it <laughs> is <Alistair>. I'm caffeinated <laughs> I drank a lot of coffee so I, and I wasn't I didn't
4: think you were gonna... like on 100
5: that's good I apologize no I, I, no I it's a good thing <laughs> I don't mean to just yeah I like
4: Alistair a lot he's a yeah, fun guy yeah. too, uh. we used to. We too it's crazy s- I used to like watch him like you know, before I was like even thinking I would fight in I mean, I always train martial arts, but before he's right. one of them like when my older brother used to watch it and I kind of watch. I like, like I remember seeing him then, you know, and it's it's just crazy to see that he's still fighting now and, you know, it's, it's crazy how things sometimes things change, but it doesn't. He's still doing the same thing.
5: And Stefan Shruve, we have him on uh, the show today as well. Um, like I said, I don't know if you were here when I said it, but I don't know if that was a a retirement or did he just kind of Say, I'm going to reevaluate. I'll ask him because um, I want to know if that might have just been a negotiation tactic.
4: Yeah. Sometimes, it, it, you know, it's hard too. Sometimes, like after a fight, you feel one way, and then you, you know, that weekend, whether you win or lose, you feel away. And then you go home and you don't do anything for like three, four days, and you're like, oh, okay, well, this wasn't as good as I thought it right. was. Just let me go back to the gym, you know? Because you forget like having a fight. Your whole life is like probably from fight to fight, like Mm -hmm. whether you're
5: just coming off one or leading up to one or about to sign for one, everything Mm -hmm. you do uh, probably revolves around the potential for a fight.
4: Yeah, like your whole life like stops for, you know what I mean? When you have camp, it's like it's kind of nice as a fighter. It's like an excuse not to like be an adult and take care of things because you're like, oh, I'll, I'll do it after my fight. But then, you know, then another fight comes and then another fight. So it, it definitely changes your whole life and your whole dynamic. And I like, I don't have kids, but I can't imagine if you have kids like dealing with that, you know, like for me, I can't like plan a vacation because I'm like, well, I don't know when I'll get a fight book. Right. So and then are people are like, oh, book it like the week after your fight. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I'll get hurt and I won't be able to go. Right. So, it, you know, everything gets kind of put off.
5: And your husband is uh he's a boxer, he trains right? Oh, he's a wrestler. Re- yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah. But at least so he at least understands yeah. what you have to do to get ready.
4: Yeah, he uh, you know, he's competed at like the highest level at the Olympic training center and he was he was training with DC there and um okay. yeah. So he understands like it's kind of nice. Uh yeah. Okay. So he understands like training at the high level and what it takes for that. So but See, he doesn't do it right now, so it's it's kind of a nice dynamic. I think um, as a fighter you kind of have to be a little selfish and to sure. have two people it's like I got to worry about myself I can't be worried about someone else going through the emotions of fight camp too
5: yeah especially you look at like Nina Ansaroff and Amanda Nunez. yeah like I mean yeah. uh, they're both active fighters yeah yeah
4: and that's uh like Tisha Torres I feel like all the girl fighters date each other Tisha Torres Raquel Pennington right, right. and stuff so I mean then it's almost worse because then it's like when you're off if you you have a fight and then you want to take some time off but then they have a fight. You have to, like, help them. So you really don't get any time off.
5: Or if you have a fight in a month and you have to go corner your partner. Yeah,
4: yeah, especially overseas and stuff. I'm like, no, sorry, can't do that. (laughs) Your
5: partner relationships help, though, because I'm thinking, like, if you go away... Like you need a certain because it was a, again I don't know if I, I would ask Chuck uh, if I if I see him again like there was rumor that Liddell was going to fight one time and whoever he was with years ago like they got into a fight and she hit him with an ashtray I'm not sure oh that's even God. true <laughs> it's just one of those like fight rumors yeah, yeah. but you're like yeah. your relationship does matter because mm-hmm. you can't be fighting with somebody when you have to go to bed the night before a fight yeah. or two nights before
4: a fight yeah and it's you know you need someone that doesn't get like I you know some of my friends that fight their like their wives get really nervous. Nervous, and uh, then you feel that nervous energy. Like sometimes, you know, for me, like I love my parents are like the most supportive people in the world. But sometimes during fight week, I'm like, I can kind of feel they're nervous. Sure. I'm like, I'm good. I'm not nervous. But like, I don't, you got to have a be around good energy. And that's like the biggest thing. Yeah. So I like, you know, with my husband, he does. If I talk about, if I talk about fighting, he'll talk about, it. but if not, like I like it, we can hang out. And sometimes it's nice when you go home to not talk about sure. it at all.
5: Like maybe he'll just go, Hey, how, how you doing? And then like, he knows that yeah. that means if you want to talk about it, we'll get yeah. into it. If not.
4: yeah. Whatever you want to talk exactly. about.
5: Exactly. What kind of energy do you like when you're. I remember Rhonda one time said that when she walks out, she doesn't like jokes. And like, I could get that. Like, when she walked out, you'd look at her and go, yeah, she doesn't look like she's fucking around. Like, yeah. she this doesn't look like she's in the mood for humor. She didn't like good natured bullshit before she walked out. What do you like before you walk out?
4: Um, I'm kind of like in the middle, like in the warm up room. I like, like, if the, you know. I might not talk too much, but I like if my coaches are like joking around and talking to each other and I'm listening. Like, I hate when if I'm warming up or even when I'm cutting weight during the fight week, I'm doing stuff and everyone's all quiet just staring at me. I'm like, what? Why are you guys staring at me? Like, right. just act normal. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, just make it like normal how we are in the gym. So kind of like, you know, I'll stay focused. I'm not so much joking around, but I like listening. To, like, I'll just eavesdrop. You guys act normal. Don't just sit there and stare at me.
5: I think of you guys, and I've talked about this so many times. Every time I'm in in a steam room like or a sauna mm-hmm. I'll do 20 minutes uh, you know uh, it's just good for you I guess yeah what's the longest you'll stay in the sauna with like a sweatsuit on like
4: what's the longest in a row I'm I'm like the biggest baby with the sauna. Like if I'm not in fight camp, if I'm not fight week and I'm like just at the gym and I go in, I can stay in for like 20, 25 minutes and I'm and fine, but I'm drinking water. But like cutting weight, I'll be like, okay, it's all mental. You got to be mentally tough. Just relax. I get in there. I sit down. I'm like in the zone and I sit down and after two minutes, I'm like, no, I got to go. I got to get out. Like I can't mentally push myself in the sauna. So like when I cut weight, I'll work out because I feel like I can. And they're like, oh, well that's harder on your body. You know I'm like, but I can mentally push myself sure. running, but in the sauna, I'm like, no, I get claustrophobic.
5: Yeah, it gets too much, yeah, too, too well yeah. comfortable. Now, we have uh, Matt, is our next call. I want to pee real quick. Do we have time? Because I've been yapping. Do you mind? Mm-hmm. I just want to jump off for one second. Yeah, sure. We'll pee. I will right, we'll take a quick, quick break and come right back. I don't know why I say that, because they're just going to cut that part anyway.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal.
5: I just peed We're back So you can cut that Or you can leave it I don't care In show It just sounds like a uh, Maybe you do an ad there Why am I telling people How to do their jobs You guys know what you're doing Caitlin before you came Matt's away We're gonna hear from him After Stefan's Struve. He uh, he, uh, I had to do a top ten Countdown introduction For our show But without Matt So it just looks silly Yeah It's just me (laughs) Hey, when are you fighting, Valentina? By the way, I think we congratulated you. I'm not sure when are you actually fighting.
4: Um, February 8th. And we were, is that in Houston? Yes, yeah. it is on the mm-hmm. Jones Reyes card. Yeah, yeah, in.
5: How did you find out that you actually had the shot?
4: Um, they, I kind of, you know, you never know, right? Really. I, you know what I mean. I was like, oh, if I win this fight, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get it. They had asked me to fight before, and I couldn't do it, so I had to take another fight. Um, so I was, you know, almost po- as positive as you can be that I was gonna get the shot. So then. Um, yeah, then about a week or two weeks after my last fight and I fought November 2nd and um, then they they called and they asked if I wanted to fight in February 8th. I said, yeah, yeah, of course. So, uh, yeah, of course. So I knew I had a feeling it was going to be kind of a quick turnaround just because she hasn't fought since the summer. So I was expecting that, you know, I was expecting maybe January. So but then they said February
5: and Valentina's looks so good. Obviously, uh, do you look at that? Do you think people are going to underestimate you going in? Like when you look at uh, Rose when she fought Joanna, mm-hmm. uh, Joanna has looked so uh, like a machine, so unbeatable, usually decisions, but winning fights mm-hmm. technically brilliant. Do you think people are going to look like. I wonder if she might have looked past Rose a little bit or been a little overconfident and then got caught. Do you think that that could happen to someone like Valentina?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I know. Before they even announced it, I was like, all right, got to be prepared. Everyone's going to be like, you know, no one thinks I'm going to win except for, you know, me and my camp. But I knew that going into it. So I was, you know, and I've seen it with all the other, her last few opponents. So it's not a surprise that people, you know, are going to think she's just going to destroy me. So, but it's kind of interesting because this is like, You know, this is my first fight where I am like an underdog. You know, I've never in my whole career, I've never had a fight where, you know, people thought I was going to get killed. So it's kind of, you know, it's kind of interesting. And I'm glad that it happened at this point in my career where I've had more experience and gained more confidence. Because if it would have happened maybe like three fights ago, I definitely would have taken the fight. You know, you never say no to a title shot. But I think the... You know the confidence that I've gained in my last two or three fights has helped me a lot, and that's going to make the a huge difference in this camp.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, I mean, any fighter it, it can beat any fighter. I mean, it really is. You've seen it time and time again. So many people. I mean, I mean, who expected uh, who expected uh, Aldo to get knocked out in thirteen seconds? I mean, Connor I, did. But I mean, aside yeah, from that. Yeah.
4: And that's the whole point. Connor did. He 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 wasn't he you know, he wasn't surprised a lot of times in these cases like, you know, Holly Holm and Ronda Rousey, you know, Holly obviously was excited, but yep. she it, she wasn't shocked. She knew she had the ability, but everyone else was, you know, when there's a dominant champ or a dominant fighter, everyone just assumes or, you know, assumes they're not going to win and they don't then they overlook the other fighter. She was I want to say she
5: was 10 and 0 when that happened. I could be wrong. Uh, or maybe that was Ronda was ten, though I think Holly was undefeated as well uh, when she put that neck kick on her. And uh, it was a shock, I, and I Ronda just couldn't get in on her; mm-hmm. she couldn't get close to her.
4: And then after that, then other fighters start looking at Ronda like, "Oh, she is beatable." It's she's like, human. but Holly was saw that before everyone. She didn't need someone right. to prove it. And then everyone else is like, "Yeah, I'll fight Ronda, whatever." But before that, everyone's like, "Uh, you know," and I think that's kind of where Valentine is at right now. Every girl's like, and fan is like, she's not going to get beat. But you know, once they see her get beat, then they're like, "Oh, okay, she is beatable." And you see that time and yeah. time. It's not like big upsets like that. It, you know, in MMA, it's not like you see it once every couple years. You you see it every couple months. And what was she fighting
5: at before this? Was one thirty five? Yeah. So she's down ten pounds, mm-hmm. uh, and she's down ten pounds a lot. And that, and eventually that cut might get to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you got to do that fight after fight, that extra ten pounds you're cutting, if you were comfortably fighting at, at, at bantamweight, that actually may be an issue.
4: Yeah, I mean, I've seen her actually though. She's she's a small girl. She's yeah. just really you know really muscular. She's solid, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, I fought at thirty five before they had the twenty five division, right. and I think that's kind of where she was. She you don't really have an option but um but i don't think she cuts a lot of weight to oh so to it's May not it's a crazy deal yeah yeah
5: yes well uh, did we get stefan yes
6: stefan how are you what's up guys how hey, you guys and good
5: are you talking to jim and uh and caitlin chukagan matt is away with his family uh vacationing Hi. good for him <laughs> yeah that's how i feel good for him exactly what we want to hear
4: during fight week <laughs> Yeah, that there's an NX fighter on
5: vacation? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I guess yeah. not. We wanted to ask you, I'm happy to see you fighting. Uh, you signed, what was it, a six-fight deal? Yeah. Uh, when you had talked about stepping away, I, I don't want to misquote you, were you saying that you wanted to retire or just reevaluate? What was your thinking after that fight?
6: Uh, well, at the time when I uh, made that decision, I was just done. Um, I felt like I wasn't in the right spot mentally to go in, into a cage and fight somebody. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with losing a fight if you go in there and do do everything for it, but you can get hurt if your mindset's not right. And uh, I had to, um, you know, get that mindset right again. So, and for a while, I was perfectly fine with not fighting again. And then after like four or five months, I um, started to, um, you know, get the, the appetite back. So. It, um, you know, it was a good decision to be to to step away from everything a little bit because I had no contract with the UFC, nothing. So uh, away from everything from a, for a little bit and then back to it after that.
5: What was be- leading up to that? What was it that was mentally bothering you? Were you having a hard time getting motivated? What was going on?
6: Um, I, um, I had a, a tough stretch of fights. I lost uh, three in a row. Um, I had a shoulder surgery. I had two hand surgeries. Um, I uh, invested a lot in my career I did my training camps in Florida so being home for gone from home a lot And Florida is not a bad place to be but you leave everything behind you know so you you invest so much and the only thing you're getting is uh, losses frustrating fights and you know then those surgeries um, I was just a little sick and tired of all that you know I was not having fun with it at all it was no fun at all anymore so um, I wanted to refine that if I if I was gonna do it again and it uh, it got fun again this year so
5: so do you take uh, comfort of the fact you see a guy like Alistair Overeem is the is the main event, and Alistair has had moments. I mean, he's still ranked number six, so he's very close to a title shot. We just spoke to him, and yet he's had fights where he, times where he's gone on three fight losing streaks. But then it just becomes a thing of the past. And you still have a lot of years left if you want to continue fighting.
6: Yeah, you know things happen, um, uh, but those fights were especially frustrating because I feel I wasn't fighting on my on my uh, to my to my um, potential and losing against guys who are obviously really good fighters but i think i should beat them you know i should have won those fights and uh, i was just not able to uh, showcase my skill in there and then um, yeah it was just super frustrating so and then uh, that last fight i uh, i fought um, rogerio de lima and um, i did my training camp in holland Um, had a really good training camp felt really good um, but uh, I had a hard time to get the right focus in the locker room, and um, you know, he dropped me after like three to five seconds, yeah. and then I had to survive that first round. Um, and it wasn't like he was beating the shit out of me for the rest of that first round, he had top position, he was dominant, but I was just fighting myself, you know, I was really battling myself to stay in there and um, you know, get get the right position or get back to my feet. Um, I survived that round, and then in the second round, I was able to um, um, Shift my focus and then, you know, I showed my skill and pretty easily finished the fight. But, you know, um, it, it took a lot, man, to get that win after that happening, especially after that three fight losing streak and, you know, all the, the other things that happened. So um, I just needed a breather.
5: Does something like that a fight, because it was a tough round, he was in a very dominant position through most of the round, and he did drop you early, but does that, does when you replay that, like, after a rough spot, are you replaying more the first round of, shit, that was tough, or are you more replaying the fact that, fuck, it was tough, but I still wound up winning that fight?
6: Oh, everything, like, you, uh, you you know, figure out why, um, why he landed that punch in the first round, after, like, three to five seconds, his first shot, you know, um, it was all about focus. My focus wasn't there, you know, it wasn't the right focus. Um, I was going to throw a front kick, and especially with my height, if I throw a front kick, he's not supposed to be able to, you know, connect with anything. Right. Because that's, especially with my leg reach, you know, he, he should never be able to come at me. Um, but um, I, I threw that kick, and halfway I stopped, and he stepped in really deep. He connected, and then he put me on my butt. And also that first round, I was I was surviving, but I had no, I had no idea what he hit me with. Yeah, you know, the whole, the last thing I remembered is that I was gonna touch gloves, and then I was on my butt. You know, so I'm like trying to figure out like what did he do? What did he connect with? Like where am I? What, what's going on? So um, yeah, just what I say, fighting myself for that first round, and then of course you know I know that when I get going in there, I'm one of the best heavyweights in my opinion. You know, I show that I take him down, get dominant position, and tap him in like under two minutes. So. I just, need, I just need to have the right focus and be uh, be sharp from the first moment on. So because yeah. I know I know what what Rodwell is going to do. He's going to try and you know chase me down and pressure 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 and land big bombs. So it's movement and you know staying away from that and um, having the right focus for the fight. And It's really hard, man, to to have the right focus, especially when you come off uh, a tough stretch. You know, sure. um, getting that focus with all that pressure on you with the the the, the stress of the fight coming up. Sometimes it's super, super easy. It happens automatically. And then sometimes you really have to to find it. And I was not able to do that. And, you know, it's what led to... the fight being what it was.
5: Well, do you look at too like a guy like Rothwell, uh, who was out for a little while because of I guess uh, he got popped or something, but he's he's also a veteran and he's 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 been in a lot of tough fights and he knows how to win fights and he's on a three fight streak. So in a way, you're fighting a guy who is in a it's a he's a dangerous guy to fight because he is he's looking to really salvage uh, what he sees as the future. So he's not an easy opponent by any you know stretch. Well,
6: never. He's never you know never. Ne- he isn't now he, he was never for an easy opponent for any, anybody you know um, he lost to Ivanov although in my opinion they could have given that decision to him easily too you know so and I think Ivanov is ranked 7th or 8th in the world right now so you know it's it's very close and uh, then the last fight he um, you know clearly lost the decision to um, to Orlovsky. I think he's struggling because you know he was out for uh, like 3 years after he fought Dos Santos uh, he got popped for something yeah uh, I don't know what it was, but um, I, um, you know, of course it's hard to get back in there. It's a, kind of the same thing what I just described, you know, fighting's very hard. And then you got all these other things coming in, and he's just desperately trying to get a win. You know, he's a, he's a big, strong, dangerous guy with uh, four ounce gloves. So,
5: yeah. And when you look at the fact that, I and mean, one of the things you said, I think it was kind of a regret, was that you felt like you'd never had a title shot. And I, mm-hmm. I looked at your age again. I'm always shocked when I see that you're 31 years old because I, you've been fighting for so long. I'm like, he's lying about his age. But then mm-hmm. you start to fight when you were 17. So you, yeah. you, you can have another decade of really good fighting. Like again, I just talked to Overeem about this. And uh, and Cormier uh, is older. Uriah came back in his fighting at, at 40. Mm-hmm. So you know that you have a lot of years left if you want and you could get a title shot. Absolutely.
6: Yeah, but I'm not going to be doing this into my late 30s. You know, I think everybody's aware of the issue I have with my heart too. You know, yeah. uh, Right now I feel really good. And I want to keep that, um, you know, I want to, I want to keep my, my heart healthy and uh, doing all the right things to keep it that that way. Um, I'm not going to be fighting in my, into my late 30s. You know, I got a couple of good years left and that's it. So. What do you
5: want to do if you're not fighting? Like, do, do, do you think past it, like something that you love doing or something you think you're going to be great at or that you really have a passion for?
6: Um, like, I'm trying to figure that out because, you know, like there's plenty of, Plenty of things I like, but it needs to be you know something you're gonna be able to make money with too. You know, this, this the way this world world works. So um, you know, figuring that out. And right now, this is just a really good paycheck this Saturday too. So um, you know, I'm, I'm gonna have um, you know I'm gonna have fun doing this. I'm gonna have a good fight. And um, then first and foremost for me, December is gonna be awesome because I I'm fighting at the beginning. The rest of December, I'm not doing shit.
5: Mm -hmm. See, you do think that, right? Like, you can enjoy the holidays, not Mm -hmm. have to worry about Christmas and New Year's, what you're eating. You could kind of just do
6: what you want to do. Yeah, no, it's good stuff, man.
5: Yeah, I'm always amazed when people take a fight right after Thanksgiving here in the States. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, that's the fucking worst time to be in camp leading up to the holidays.
4: Yeah, sometimes don't you don't have the option to pick that. You know, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, oh, you don't want to fight the holidays? Okay, you don't have to fight ever again. Yeah, I guess that's
5: a stupid point for <laughs> yeah. me to make. Don't fight around New Year's Eve because you want to eat turkey. Yeah. I really am an asshole.
4: <laughs> well, look, man,
5: I'm happy for you that you're back, and I'm happy you got six fights. Uh, so we'll be seeing a lot of you, um, and, and I'm hoping you do well against Rothwell again. Like he is a very dangerous opponent, but this is an amazing card, and I think a very underrated card. Uh, coming up, because everyone's talking about uh, uh, Holloway fighting. Uh, everyone's talking about the, that coming up. No one is talking about this card. Uh, Overeem, Rosa Strike. Uh, uh, of course, uh, Rodriguez, Calvillo, uh, you against Rothwell, Aspen Ladd, Cody Stammen against uh, Song Don. This is a great uh, card. So good luck on Saturday, man. Appreciate sure, Thank uh, I'm, you. I'm happy you're back and, and I hope you stay healthy.
6: Thank you. Appreciate All right. it.
5: Take care, man. Good talking
6: All to right. you. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.
4: Yeah, there hasn't been fights in three weeks. so no. I'm like, wait I have nothing to do on the weekends when I watch fights I'm like that's kind of like my thing people are like what's your hobbies outside of fighting I'm like uh, you know hanging out watch, yeah. watching fights <laughs> yeah. isn't it weird though yeah. that people are not talking about this fight yeah. they're talking
5: about are they talking about fucking uh, uh, Jesus how did I figure Colby Covington against Kamaru Usman what a yeah. stupid asshole I'm acting like it's Holloway's
4: uh,
5: <laughs> who's Holloway fighting uh, oh Volkanovsky. Um There's so many fights. It's hard to keep a tra- yeah. keep track. I must say, keep a track. Keep like a I'm, track. I'm, yeah, I'm from the old country.
4: Yeah, no. Usually, there's so many fights. So then I have three weeks off. Yeah. I think it was three weeks. It's like that's insane. You yeah. know? Because otherwise, it's like every weekend there's fights, and then there's none. I'm like, wait, what? Are, what about fights? It's yeah. Like getting kind of boring.
5: It seems like there are there are gaps now without fights. We have do we have former welterweight champion Matt Serra <laughs> on the phone?
4: <laughs> He's, like, in line for a ride or something. Oh, God, look at him. Matt, Sarah, wow. welcome to UFC
5: Unfiltered, hosted by Jim him. Norton and Kaitlin Kagan. You're our uh, third guest today.
3: How are you? <laughs> Yo. Yo, Kaitlyn What's going on? What's up? Yo, you know what's messed up? Oh, gosh. Yo, what? these guys, I told, last time I ran into Caitlin was in the blue basement at Henzo Gracie's
4: Academy. And she was like, "Yo, why don't you invite me in?" Yeah, now you guys don't leave me alone.
3: <laughs> now, oh no! Now we're now we effing stalkers now. Yeah. <laughs> you remember, it's like you you wave to like the kid in the hallway and school, the nerd by like, <laughs> your locker.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's you, us. Yeah.
3: <laughs> What's going on, guys?
5: Well, I had to do before we started. I had to do the top.
3: Oh, I'm sorry, that's a super dad on my chest.
5: Wow, that's a really cool shirt. That's a, it's an appropriate shirt, too. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I had to do Go a ahead. top 10 countdown, Matt. We're doing, you know, the countdown, you and I picked our top 10 moments. You remember when we got together and discussed them. I had to do the top 10 uh, throwing to that without you here. So it was kind of awkward and humiliating. Wait, the top 10 what? what? Uh, Hold on, Matt. You're not selling it. (laughs) They're going to be showing our top 10 moments on UFC Unfiltered. And I even said, why would I lie? These are Matt and I's top 10 favorite moments. So you remember when you and I picked them?
3: Ah! (laughs) 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 They were great. Uh, You know, I've been in amusement parks all week. I remember... Nothing of the sort. I can't <laughs> lie, Jimmy. I know you I don't can't. Know what the fuck you're talking about? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Why do we discuss it now? What 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 was our favorite moment that we discussed?
5: I don't remember. There's so oh, many man. great moments from but I don't I can't pick a good moment from UFC Unfilled. I don't know what the top moment, so I'm not good at doing that for my own stuff.
3: Can I open up to you guys?
5: Yeah, please do. Yo,
3: I've been doing so good with the gluten free shit. Oh no. I, oh, we went man. To this, we, listen listen to me. I don't I don't want I I can actually I can actually call you after and vent about this, Jimmy. No, go ahead. But listen, I've been so good, and we went to the we went to a Mickey um, Christmas party at at the Disney last night. Sure. Jimmy, you know, about. yes, well, it goes to like midnight. Yes, it does. You no, know, it's for the cool people. Yep. And they were giving out there's these little stations with these big candy canes, and they give out cookies. They give out um they gave out little Christmas trees. Oh. That looks like uh, little pretzels, little soft pretzel, Jimmy. Oh. soft pretzels, my mouth watering. I know. Soft pretzels that like, were, like melting your mouth, and um, they're not gluten free.
5: No, no. But Hi. you only had I, one, didn't you?
3: Oh, uh, one dozen. <laughs> uh, hit the food button for me, please. Jimmy, my whole diet went to shit. I hope my kids get good memories, but I'm i effing mess. That's did you what get a turkey uh, leg?
4: No. That would've be, no. that's gluten free. You know what? That probably would have been the best thing. Now, right.
3: I, first of all, where did I get all these fucking legs? <laughs> I mean what the fuck is, I don't trust those things. Yeah. They're only in I, Disney. I can't, do that. I can't do it. I can't do it, Caitlin, because as as you might have heard I'm going around these parks because my knee's fucked up in a scooter. So if you see me in a scooter with a fucking chicken wing, just roll me into a fucking off a cliff.
5: Exactly. Because you're saying your leg doesn't work. You might as well take uh, the leg from another healthy creature. See ya. <laughs> yes.
3: So Jimmy, what
5: was our top 10? Oh, oh man, first- I don't want to spoil it. We haven't showed it yet. You remember, but I don't yes. want to spoil it. He's, yes. What was it though? I can't spoil it. They'll get mad at me. When are we going to
3: announce
5: it? Oh, it's coming soon as per Dana. So I don't want to spoil it.
3: Okay. (laughs) Am I going to know
4: when it's coming?
5: Of course, Matt. We're in on it together, you and I. (laughs)
4: Kate looks so gangster with her. her
3: she
5: does. Hat.
4: Hat her. I does literally No, it's a hat. I literally I just came from sparring, so I my like, I can't take it off. It's a mess under here. Oh, oh is on. it? No, it's really bad. Yeah, I was I was telling them I got done sparring and it was like 12:10 and I was like, "All right, I showered, I got here in like 10 minutes."
5: But we understood oh, you're I'm you're so in happy. training for a fight.
4: I don't even know how this
3: came about, but I'm so happy about.
5: <laughs> you know I what? I mean, I'd be
4: happier from there. Yes.
3: I am in the happiest place on earth.
5: You really are. Uh, but you want That's what a diet's for. You eat well. Uh, you eat healthy. I mean, you fucking blow when you're out with your family. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's the best time to blow it. At least you're not blowing it hanging out with me and Ray Longo. That'd be a shitty time to blow it.
3: I, 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 I am so disgusted. You know how I always, like, lately I've been taking my shirt off? Yes. And, and I'm not doing that right now, Jimmy. No? You, you Dude, you just unfriend me.
5: No, nah, you probably didn't put... What'd you put on? Two pounds?
3: Come on. Uh, Jimmy... I don't know. All right. <laughs> enough about me and my chunkiness. So what else is going did on? Did you go man? on any rides? Oh fuck yeah. I go on everything. Oh me and my and you know, me and my ten year old, she she's old enough now. We did Space Mountain,
4: which is oh, cool. yeah, that's the best. Is that what heart that's you went on that? Yeah, yeah, I like that. You guys are
5: fucking crazy. Never.
4: I have to wait till what? I have kids now because I can't be a Disney adult. I would never, no. I would never do that. No. Disney adults is not like, no. People People go on honeymoons for Disney. It's weird, right? yeah, yeah. Unless you can go like until you're like in college with your friends, and then you have to wait. After that, you have to wait until you have kids. Did we ask you kids where fall you went on your honeymoon? I didn't go. I had the fight. And oh, then you had then another fight. fight. That's right. okay. Yeah, yeah.
3: So Jimmy will never be visiting Disneyland.
5: <laughs> no I, I really won't um, I, I just I know, don't Jimmy. like rides that's true if I was dating somebody who wanted to go to Disneyland uh, I would go but yeah. I'm, just, I'm not going on any fucking rides I'm not teacuping it I'm not space mountaining that thing that drops you I'll sit here and I'll hold your purse and I'll wait and watch <laughs> you
3: I tell you Jimmy I definitely tapped out to that fucking um, to the to, the, to, the, to the, the the scooter I have just no oh, what? what is it
4: self-respecting no oh, he's, yeah. he's got a scooter because a bad leg oh, so, oh okay
5: yeah but your leg is from what fighting man. it's from what rest am I gonna do? you gotta get your gotta leg fixed you gotta get an injury tell
3: me about the fight this
5: weekend we talked to Overeem uh, against uh, Strike is the main event of course Um, You know, Stefan Struve was interesting too because him against Ben Rothwell is an interesting fight because Ben's coming off a three-fight losing streak and Struve just won after losing three straights. So both of these guys are kind of in a, it almost feels like a make-or-break position, um, even though Stefan has six fights left uh, on his contract. He just signed a new deal. Um, But it was interesting to hear him talk about how he was doubting himself and how it really got to him when he was losing those fights and had a hard time winning the last fight. So he had to step away for a little bit.
3: Well, I mean, and he's fighting Ben Rothwell.
5: Yes, he is. Big Ben, who I know you love.
3: That's that's an interesting fight. It is. What happened to Ben's last fight again?
5: He lost. He's on the three-fight losing streak. I think it was a decision. Uh...
4: We have that somewhere.
5: I'll I'll give give it to you in a second. Can we see what Rothwell did in his last fight?
4: I like that uh, Stefan Struve actually talks about, you know, going through the, like, feeling unmotivated. I think a lot of fighters, they feel that way, and they don't say it because they think it's not cool. You know, they always feel like, yeah, I just want to fight. I want to go to wars. And he was like, honest. He was like, I don't know. I just wasn't I was getting hurt a lot, and then losing. He's like, I I, I lost motivation. And I think a lot of, especially, like, you know, heavyweight fighters, they don't really, like, talk about that part. So it's kind of cool that he was honest about it. He was very honest. It was yeah. a decision
5: lost to Arlovsky, by the way.
4: Um, that was
5: Ro- so uh, tell, Rothwell's last.
3: Tell him to throw in the fucking Rocky 2 and fucking get motivated. <laughs> Gayley, I'm excited about you. Yep. you are you fighting for the title? What the fuck? Yes, she yeah. is. Uh, Come on, man. Yeah. In Houston. Look at Hit it. the applause button.
5: I don't know which one it is. Hold on. Here's the applause. And hold on. Here's From Matt's diet breaking.
3: You know what's great? I I can't hear either, so I'm assuming they're all applause. Well, yeah, I know
5: one was applause and one was uh one was a boo. Um, but yeah, Caitlin is fighting on the on the Reyes uh, Jones card. That's a great great card.
3: What, where what when is that?
5: Houston, February nineteenth. Eighth. Hey, February eighth. I was off by eleven days. I'm an ass. She just said it, and I'm off.
3: Did you say it's in it's in Houston? Yeah, yeah. Houston. Don't you Jimmy? Don't you do it? Oh, I wouldn't. Don't you bring up how I won the title and shocked the world in Houston. Stop it. Really? Don't embarrass me in front of Caitlyn. Caitlin, this is huge. <laughs>
4: that's good. good. I feel like everyone you. I talk to is like, oh, Texas, I have good vibes in Texas. I, I was uh, yeah. talking to Frankie Edgar, and he's like, I'm 2-0 in Texas. I love Texas. I was like, okay, yeah. You know, so it's good Frankie vibes. Else, Frankie, that's all. Anybody else, I'd say, I don't
3: give a fuck with anybody else. Frankie, I love. It. But listen to me. And <laughs> besides Frankie, I don't care what anybody else says. I shot the world in fucking Houston. Yep. And I, I feel, I feel very, I, I'm very, what's the word? Optimistic. <laughs> <in your laughs> That's a good one. Year. You understand? Yeah. yeah. I'm optimistic. Okay.
5: I love but, that. All right.
3: What else are you guys doing? Well, I also,
5: Alier Latifi is moving up to heavyweight and fighting <laughs> Derek Lewis. Uh, that's the third fight on the main card. Of course, Jones Reyes and uh, Caitlin against uh, Shevchenko is the co-main. Uh, have you fought five rounds before? Have you trained for this? Your first five round camp?
4: Uh no. Right before I signed with the UFC, I had three five round fights. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you've gone through this. Before. Yeah, two of them went the five rounds. Actually, I like I prefer five rounds. Do you like? Yeah. Do you like to pace
5: a certain way there?
4: I just think I have uh, really good cardio, so I'm in an advantage there. I mean, the camp. Sucks because you got to do more sparring, but uh, but the, for the actual fights, I think I do better in five rounds.
5: What's your least favorite thing to do in camp? If there's like anything that just you'll do, but is your least favorite, I would say Versa Climber. I hate that fucking machine.
4: <laughs> I would say, um, I mean, obviously, like the dieting, but for training purposes, I think like wrestling, I wrestle with like the high school boys, and they do not want to, like, you know, I wrestle with the high school because if I go with like the guy fighters, they you know, they're going too easy on me, yes. there, and they're just stronger and better. So I go with like the high school boys and like they try to kill me they're they like do. they're like i don't want to get beat by this old girl you know for them so they like really try to and that's what you want yeah yeah it's and it's competitive you know because they're the, you know they're the same size as me and they haven't gotten like their man strength yet so um it's competitive that's my like least favorite but yeah
5: but it's good to do
4: yeah. Yeah. and Smart. you yeah Food, i uh do it on sport. Yeah. so awesome at uh, you know, Belmore, because, I do a Gregor Gillespie as like a group of high school kids, and I, and I jump in there and train with them on Sundays.
3: I told you how much I enjoyed your Ashikarami attempt when you got take that. Finally, they got a takedown, and boom, you're on that leg.
4: Yeah, we that drilled that so on Monday. We uh, Monday we were we we drilled that. I mean, obviously, like I kind of knew that, but we, you know, I've done that move before, but it's not really in my. In my game, you know, so much, but uh, we were drilling that on Monday. Okay, if they're in half, they're in half guard, if they get double underhooks, you know, hands on the lats, pushed, Ashi, and, and either use it for the heel or gonna get up. And I got there and I was like, okay, they have double underhooks, all right, this is what we did on Monday, Boop, and I did it, so that was cool. So, that, so, you do have it in the
3: arsenal, you can't say you don't have it in the arsenal,
4: yeah. I mm-hmm. guess I don't, if we, you know, I, I don't really. Before that, I wasn't going for it a lot. But there we drilled that, like, Monday and Tuesday of fight week. We drilled that, like, you know, a couple of times. And then even in the locker room, we drilled that. So it was the first time that you hear fighters say, yeah, we drilled this move this week, and then it works. But, like, that actually, that was the first time that that really happened for me. So it was kind of cool.
3: Listen, you listen, I don't expect you to jump to guard. You used to put your foot in somebody's face. Yeah. It's awesome, it's awesome to know and to show that if they do get you down, you're, you're threatening.
4: Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think I'm everyone so thinks excited I'm... for your fight. Yeah. Everyone thinks I'm a striker, but I'm like, I'm a, a brown belt at Henzo's, yeah. you know? I, I think I'm like probably better at jujitsu than striking. <laughs> shit yeah man Valentina
5: is mm-hmm. also I think a dangerous fighter on the floor as well I mean I, I think she's more of a striker but who is she beating on the floor badly that got Mario Yamasaki yeah, so much shit I know shit. that uh, it was a
4: girl it was her debut or I don't know her name but I, I know her up. if I see her but
5: I'm so annoyed at myself that was a oh, tough- Priscilla Cachoeira yeah yeah Tough to uh, debut for Oh yeah. <laughs> you know
4: know what what I mean? Like, hey, welcome to the UFC. Here's the top fighter.
5: Yeah, but you're fighting someone who does everything pretty well. Yeah. So I mean this you, you you can't overly prepare. Anything you do, you're probably gonna need. Yeah. But I'm happy for you. I know Matt, you're happy. Caitlin is one of our favorite uh, people in the UFC. Cause we feel like we know you pretty well because you know you've been in touch and you're you know,
4: I see I'm I see Matt you. sometimes at, at Longos. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We run into each other. Yeah, I'll be there. Oh, t- I'll be exactly. there today, later. I'll see him.
3: Yeah? Yeah. I'll be at effing Universal.
4: <laughs> what are you going to go <laughs> on? What, what
3: rides today? Uh, Today, I think we're doing the Jimmy Fallon ride. It's more fun than it sounds. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> the, Jimmy, the Jimmy Fallon ride. It's fucking, my kids like it. Uh, What else are we doing? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll go back and we'll tap that Harry Potter shit. <laughs> you know? I got my kids, my kids, the last time we were here, they they wanted the wands, but they didn't see any of the movies. So they, since last year, they saw all the there's like 20 of those fucking movies. They saw every movie of the Harry Potter, so now we got them a wand. It's not a great story, but <laughs> i you know. It's okay, cute. Man, this is what you gotta look forward to in the future.
4: You got, you got, you got wands? When you when you marry your he man,
3: <laughs> Jimmy, do you ever see our boy, a fiance? I know they're already enough. married. He's a big guy.
5: I, we were talking oh, what about
3: what the fuck am I talking about? We were talking about your wrestling.
5: Husband. Yeah, your husband. We were talking about wrestling before, and the fact that about having <laughs> a partner who understands you when you're in camp.
3: Well, listen, man, I can hang out with you guys all day long. You know what I'm doing? <laughs> I think tomorrow.
5: What? It is
3: what Phoenix recommended. The Void is in downtown Disney. No, Disney Springs. I don't know what the fuck it's called, but. It's like a virtual reality thing. Oh, yes. You through that shit As like the <laughs> Avengers or, or Star Wars. Jimmy, I know how much you've been talking about that Mandalorian. I can't wait for this thing.
5: I've been bashing Baby Yoda. Um, and when you come back, I'm going to bash Baby Yoda some more. We're going to sit down don't, and we're going to talk.
3: Okay. You're a brave man bashing Baby Yoda. That's
5: right. I take target. on all the tough social targets. <laughs> I'm a bully. I'm a baby puppet bully. I don't like Baby but, Yoda.
3: But can I tell you that the Mandalorian is killing people? He's taking them out, man. I'm He's sure it's good. It's fun. Kayla, don't don't lose respect for me. Uh,
4: you you lost it. I'm like, I have no idea deal what you guys Star are talking Wars about. Oh, no, oh, Star, yeah, I'm not a... We're, of course we're so.
3: talking Star
4: Wars. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, I
3: know, yeah. I know. <laughs> Did I mention I shocked the world in Houston? All right, listen. Hey... <laughs> Have a good time. Have people. fun, Matt.
5: We'll see you Monday, man. Have a good time.
3: Oh, I miss you.
5: I miss right, you, buddy. Guys.
3: Bye. Take care. right, uh, I'll see you. See you Monday, pal. Later.
5: That was fun. <laughs> um, well, I guess we're uh, we're done. I'm glad you came in today. You should come in anytime you want. We'd love to yeah, have you. Yeah. Even when Matt's here. We don't. It's only not when only one of us is gone. You can come in the three of us. We will set up the other one. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Uh, three people we have is very easy.
4: Yeah, most of the time, like I said, I'm training at Henzo's a couple blocks away. So yeah, you're seven close. blocks away. I was like, got here in ten minutes. I was like, all right,
5: this is easy. You are very close. Yeah. We are. Uh, if you want to see me at Caroline's, I'm performing the 12th, 13th, and 14th of this month. It's my last gigs uh, until the new year. So if you want to come out and see me, uh, get tickets. And uh, Caitlin's fight, of course, against Valentina Shevchenko. It's the co-main at 247. Am I correct? UFC 247 Jones Reyes. Jones-Reyes. I don't know. The In number, Houston. I'm very psyched for you about that. I Thank really you. am. Thanks. And um, this weekend, don't forget to watch uh, uh, Overeem uh, Rosenstreich. That's a really interesting fight. and I was happy he got the call. It was sad why Walt Harris, of course, had to leave. But the fact that somebody who I also enjoy watching fight got the call at least like okay well at least a, an up and coming fighter is getting a shot that he probably never thought he'd get this fast
4: yeah and it's nice if they just fought so it's not like oh here take this short notice fight and he hasn't been training so right. you know that's usually the case so you know coming off a quick win that, that'll that be better yeah he didn't More take any damage fight. against, yeah. uh,
5: against Arlovsky. Caitlin thank you so much thanks for having me thank you to Stefan Struve and of course uh, Alistair Overeem and uh, former welterweight champion Matt Serra And uh, we'll see you Monday. Goodbye, folks.